Hi, this is Bethany, your host of the Random Yogi Podcast, a weekly podcast about holistic living and physical, emotional, and spiritual healing, and of course, plenty of yoga and Ayurveda. We offer bonus episodes each month featuring yoga flows that you can do at home, as well as guided meditations. Thanks for joining us. Vanessa, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You are one of my favorite creators. I love your energy. So would you just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about you? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's my honor to be there. I appreciate you for inviting me. So um, tell you about me. Um, okay. I am uh, Vanessa on her iPhone on social media, um, where I read tarot. I speak about synesthesia, which is a cross wiring of the brain. I play some accordion and, you know, bits and bobs of my life and my spiritual inspiration. And for a living, I'm also an opera singer. I sing in an opera choir in Geneva in Switzerland. And what else can I say? I have three children. I have three cats. Um, basically, yeah, that's. That's the introduction. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, let's back up and talk about what was your journey to get to where you are right now on your spiritual path? Okay. So I was born in a family where my parents were both atheists. Um, very Cartesian, very, I had a very um, academical education, um, which actually also came from my grandparents. My, my maternal grandparents were missionaries. They were in the Seventh-day Adventist church. And uh, my mother left that church. And it, there's funny stories about um, my mom, because she came to Europe to study uh, French and linguistics. And uh, in the Adventist religion, there are forbidden foods. And you're not allowed to eat any seafood. And the first time she ate shrimp, she was sure she was going to die. So, and then she tasted wine. So that's my mom. And um, when I was a child, I had the choice between believing in that God, not just any God, that God, the one from the Seventh-day Adventist church with all the rules that went with it. And on my father's side, there were also Protestants and it was the same God. Or believing that there was absolutely zero religion or zero spirituality that was valid. That's the choices that I understood that I had. Later on, I realized that with all the superstitions that my parents have, of course, they are spiritual in, in some sense. But that, you know, five or six year old me didn't really understand that there was an in-between. So um, whenever I experienced any like supernatural things, which for me seem super normal, but they are, you know, um, whenever I experienced something like that, it was either speak about it or not. If I spoke about it with the Christian side of the family, I was messing with the devil. And if I spoke about it with the atheist side of the family, I was just a bit weird and wacky. So I kept it very much to myself. And, you know, a spiritual journey is a, like a life journey. It accompanies you, you evolve, you change, your beliefs change. And, um, one thing I've realized along the way is that for me, religion is someone else's spirituality. There's somebody like hundreds or thousands of years ago who decided that that's the way they were going to live their spirituality. Most of them were men because, you know, that's how it is. And so they 
either with oral tradition or they wrote a book about their beliefs and their rituals and their traditions. And then lots of people said, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. And it became a religion. And I don't feel like I want to go in someone else's footsteps. I mean, I do go in some people's footsteps because there's tons of people that I admire and who inspire me. But on a spiritual level, I think that you can be inspired by someone but not follow exactly uh, every single step of someone else's spirituality. You have to find your own. It's a very, um, it's some, a part of your life where your uniqueness is so important. That's what mm. makes you special. And uniqueness is a lifestyle. So, um, Let's talk about the synesthesia because I feel like, number one, that's a fascinating topic. And number two, I wonder if it doesn't give you like a different sense of the spiritual world than people without synesthesia maybe have. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I think it does. I think it gives a different kind of experience to the world. As a matter of fact, the one of the tarot decks that's very, very much used um, nowadays is the Rider White Smith and Pamela Coleman Smith had synesthesia. That's the woman who painted all the artwork that is on that deck but the synesthesia is for the ones the listeners who don't know it's a cross wiring of the brain you have several senses and usually they're each like in their own box and they work alone in that box and when you have synesthesia it's like if your senses mix so it's like kind of a messy brain it's uh people with it's a neurodivergency and um i actually did not know what it was because that's just my way of experiencing life. And then it wasn't until 2016 where I took a trip with my three kids to see my cousin who used to live in Washington. She's an organ player. And she, we were speaking about music and she says, oh, and I really admire people who have synesthesia. And I say, who have synesthesia, what? And she says, you know, synesthesia, when you see music and color, I say, I have that. Is that, is that called synesthesia? And so she says, yeah, that's what it's called. And she was fascinated that I had that and uh, made me feel very special. And so um, I Googled it afterwards. And actually when I, when I stumbled upon the Wikipedia page for synesthesia, I cried because all of a sudden, all these things that I had experienced that made me feel so different and so not normal were there listed in front of me and they were perfectly normal. Even just speaking about it, it makes me really emotional. And so I discovered that there are like 70 to 80 different types of synesthesia synesthesia and that it's something like well I don't know because see I didn't know I had it so probably there's lots of people who have it and who don't know about it but the numbers that we have in percentage of population is something around five percent um and there's so many different kinds there's one one girl who lives in Seattle she has a tea shop she's called Friday and she has lexical gustatory synesthesia which is a very rare form of synesthesia where every single word has a taste literally in her mouth she can taste it and it's fascinating and she creates teas that have the taste of a word that she that's the name of the tea it's fantastic and so um when you have synesthesia you have a predominant type the main synesthesia that you have and then you have other types most synesthetes because people who have synesthesia are called synesthetes they have several types of synesthesia you usually don't have just one and so the other ones are a little bit dimmed down or you know less, less not as strong um so yeah i see letters and and numbers in color i see days of the week months um in color as well music in color when i 
when I'm singing uh, uh, the opera choir, sometimes, you know, you have a, a whole moment where you don't sing and then you have to sing again. And to get the, the note right, to be in tune, I think of a color and I always get it right. Um, and um, what other kind? Yeah, there's kind the the spatial sequence synesthesia, which is concepts uh, that have some kind of a 3D geometrical kind of crystal prism-like uh, forms. It's really, yeah, I mean, synesthesia is fascinating and there's lots of different types. There's also the mirror touch synesthesia where when you see someone being tapped on the cheek, you feel your cheek being tapped. For people who have that as a main synesthesia, it can be it can become a handicap because, you know, you can't really watch certain movies and there's lots of things that you can't see. My sister also has synesthesia and she's a, she's a doctor. Um, and she, she says a good thing I didn't have that because if you're treating a patient, it's really, it can be problematic, but I have that one, but it's not my main one. It might be in like third or fourth one that I have. Well, I have to so say I am, I am jealous of anyone who gets to <laughs> see music in color. There's another creator on TikTok and I'll watch her live sometimes because she'll just take your name and then paint the colors that she sees. And I just, it, I really, I had a series of TikToks like that and I haven't done them in a while. And I know people, some of some of my followers follow me for that because I was giving people the color of their names and I was doing that a lot, but maybe I should start doing that again because yes. I, I really enjoy yeah, it's fun. And honestly, <laughs> that is one thing I'm so envious of anyone with synesthesia. <laughs> I'm like, why couldn't I be miswired a little bit? Because the, I just think that that would be so beautiful. I could be wrong, though, because I'm on the outside looking in. But when I see things created by people with synesthesia, I'm like, oh, the way y'all see the world is just amazing. Yeah, I, I, I like being on the, I have to admit, I like the way I see the world. And I like the fact that every word has a color. Every person has a color. It's not like an aura because the aura is more like the outside. For me, it's it's here. It's in front of the heart. And some people have colors to their name that don't match their own color. So they feel incoherent in some, in some way with my synesthesia. And some other people have their name and their color that is the same and it's perfect. But that, that, those are my perfect people. <laughs> Well, do you mind telling me what, do you see any colors with me? Yeah, Bethany is light translucent blue, deep dark red and mustardy goldeny yellow. It has a bit of like um, a white grayish halo and a very dark black and brown earthy kind of uh, shade to it. And it actually does match your color. Yay. Yeah, with the with the golden yellow and the light blue, it really matches that. And the fact that you're wearing a black top, a dark top, matches the whole name. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Well, thank you for that. What a gift. Um, so tell us about your journey into opera because on TikTok you sing sometimes, and I mean you bring me to tears every time I hear Aww. your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you see, when I was a kid, so as I said, my parents were very. Um, academical and we went to the opera a lot we went to the opera and we had videotapes because at the time we had videotapes where there were with operas and one of the operas that I used to watch a lot um, was Carmen and I used to watch it while ironing because my mom would pay me to iron she said I have a cleaning woman and I pay her to iron so if you iron you can get pocket money so I used to get tons of pocket money ironing watching opera and watching Carmen and I saw Carmen and I thought I want to be her because she sings, she's gypsy, she reads cards, 
she's as free as can be and I want to be her and um and so that was you know kind of a a goal that I had set from my you know how old was I maybe something like seven or eight I used to iron at seven or eight uh, <laughs> and um and so uh, I studied first at university all sorts of different things. I studied linguistics like my mom. I studied philosophy. I studied Russian. I studied Greek, ancient and modern. What else did I study? I studied musicology. And then as I was studying musicology, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to take uh, two years off just to go and do the um, theory classes at the conservatory. And I did that. And at the same time, I was... Um, I had quit smoking. I thought I need to not start again, uh, which I did after, but anyway, not start again. So I started taking uh, lyrical singing lessons and it went really well. And all of a sudden I was entering the professional classes for singing. And then um, I, it was my last year studying here in Geneva at the conservatory. And one of my, uh, one of the girls I was studying with says, hey, you know, they're looking for someone. I said, who was looking for who, for what? And she says, well, at the opera house, they're looking for uh, an alto. And that's my voice. And it was three weeks after, and there was uh, a competition to enter. And so I looked at what we had to present for the competition. And there was a very difficult opera aria to sing that I had never sang before. And so I started learning it. And I have uh, a very dear friend who is a pianist and he accompanies opera singers and he's a coach for opera singers at another opera house in Switzerland and lots of other places, he's really good. And I bring him that piece and I say, can you help me? Because there's a competition I want to enter. And, and so he listens to me, he plays and listens. And he says, and I was really proud because I thought I had done really well, you know, learning it so fast. And it was, I thought I was ready. I was not. He says at the end, he says, okay, so we're going to take it all from scratch again. And so he made me work. And thanks to him, when I entered the competition, I um, I won. And it, there was a beautiful thing that happened because unfortunately, two days before the competition, uh, my uncle died. He had a ski accident. It was terrible, very violent. And he was, he was doing so well. And we really, it was, it was a shock. And I remember on the Saturday that he died, going to my aunt's house and everybody was crying. And I thought, I can't cry. I can't cry because if I cry on Monday, I can't sing because my throat is going to be so, you know, so um, tight. So I wasn't crying. I was just, you know, sort of pushing the whole reality away. And then the Sunday passes and the Monday I arrive and I sing. I sing this first aria that I had learned with my friend. And then there was a list of arias you had to pick from that you were supposed to sing. And you, were, you had to sing in three different languages. And the second aria that I sing, all of a sudden I get goosebumps and chills and I feel him with me. And he was there. I mean, I swear he was with me. He was like lifting me up, making me sing better than I had ever sung before. And um, that was a very beautiful moment. That was a very beautiful moment. And you won the competition. Yeah, and, and I hadn't even finished uh, my diploma. I was quite old to be finishing a diploma for opera singing because I had, you know, had gone to university before, tried lots of different things. And, um, and um, I remember I had set a goal when I was 30. I, I told myself if at 35 I'm not making a living from my voice, then I'll have to choose something else. And I was 33. 
when I did that competition. And then a few months later, I had my recital for the end of my studies. And so uh, there was a lot of stress that was gone. I had stage fright, but that was all because I knew that a month after I was starting to work, I had signed the contract and, you know, so it was, it was quite, it was nice. <laughs> wow. That's marvelous. So um, how does the opera part work? Do you, are you part of the chorus? Are you, what are you? Yeah, I'm in an opera choir where there's 42 of us with something like 16 different nationalities, which is very rich. And, um, and we have, it's a full-time job. Um, it's, uh, we have rehearsals, musical rehearsals, stage rehearsals, and then we have costume fittings and then the, we have the piano dress rehearsal where we uh, perform the whole opera with the costumes and makeup the wigs and everything but with a piano and then we have the orchestra that comes and then we have the pre-dress rehearsal dress rehearsals and then all the shows wow. and, and then you go to the next opera so there's always like two weeks before the the, the opening night <clears throat> that are completely wild weeks where you don't have a life because you're always rehearsing on stage afternoon and evening sometimes six days a week it, it, it can be really that's the moment where you don't have a life and we're never the timetables I mean the schedules that we have is very complicated to have a social life because we very we very often work in the evening and in the morning we don't work but then all our friends work so it's it's tricky to have but in the morning, I can do my TikToks. So that's cool. Yes. <laughs> and that's such a blessing to the rest of us. Oh, thank um, you. So, and I, I just keep thinking of one of your videos. The first video I caught of yours where you were singing, you were doing Ave Maria, a cappella, and it was transcendent. I mean, you, you're just so gifted in every single way. And then your voice on TikTok, like listeners, y'all have to start following her just to listen to her voice when you speak <laughs> and calm definitely needs to pick you up as a reader because you right? are perfect. They should. I mean, I keep tagging them, but they haven't even reached out to me. I, I'm going to keep tagging them yeah. until I get them. Yes. But yeah, I get, I get the comments with the voice a lot and I'm completely here. For, I'm, I mean, I'm there for it. Uh, 200%. I get that comment a lot. And um, yeah, I, it was actually in Switzerland. It was in Ticino. I went to one of my sister's houses that she has in Ticino which is an Italian speaking part of Switzerland. Up, it's in the mountains. It's um, in front of one of the most beautiful lakes that I've ever seen, <clears throat> Lago Maggiore, which is between Switzerland and Italy. And we went to a town that's a bit uh, further away that's called Bellinzona. And we were visiting um, castles and ruins with my um, nephew and his girlfriend and my son and my sister and me. And then, um, we had to go shopping. So we were looking for a supermarket and my nephew says he wants to go in that church. We say, why not? Let's go visit the church. And we enter that church and it's just so beautiful. And uh, at some point we're alone. I say, God, I'm going to record a TikTok. I'm going to sing Ave Maria for the TikTok. I had started singing. And my son kept telling me, Shh, let me stop, let me stop. And then when everybody was gone, I started uh, recording it and then people entered and they were all quiet and they listened. And uh, some of them went like this. They didn't dare clap because we were in a church, but they right. went like this with their hands. And so, yeah. And of course, the acoustics in, that, in a church is just, it's, it's almost too easy. When you're, when you're trained for lyrical singing, for opera singing, and you get in a church like that, you have zero effort to make because it's, it's 10 years to train a, a voice to sing opera. So, I mean, it's, it's hard work. It's a lot of years of 
you know when i see because on spiritual tiktok obviously i'm on spiritual tiktok i'm on that side witch talk spiritual tiktok tarot talk that's the stuff that my F, my for you page gives me i see lots of things about manifesting about how to make your life better with just wishful thinking and of course wishful thinking and mindset is important but it's not enough because you see to get to an opera voice there's 10 years of training to learn to read the tarot cards it's it's also i mean it can take months to really know them years to really know them these are all things that you have to work for you have to put some work in there so, yes yeah. Let's talk about tarot for a minute, because I also was raised Christian. And so I had always thought that, you know, I was told it was demonic or whatever, but you had a TikTok um, that you said the cards aren't magic. What you do with them is, and that actually made a lot of sense to me because as I've watched you, I've seen when you look at the cards, it doesn't feel to me and, and you correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't feel to me like you're you know, divining, you're looking at the cards and you're like, here is a truth of mm -hmm. life, you know? So can you talk about that a little bit? It's exactly that. They tell you truths about life. They make you question your current situation with questions that you wouldn't have thought about, or maybe you have, but it just confirms that that's the question that you need right now. And it's true. They're not magical. I mean, they're cards. It's just a card that has that's the lovers in the tattoo tarot. It has drawings on it, but it's paper. It's literally paper. But the comparison that I like to make is like bills, money is paper with drawings on it. And we give it a value. And it it, it makes wonders. Money makes wonders. It makes, I mean, it rules the world, doesn't it? So it's kind of magical too. Uh, it depends what value you give it. Some people say, okay, I'm, I'm going to read the future. I'm going to tell you what your future is going to be like. And I think that's a big mistake because you can give options maybe it's going to be like that maybe it's going to be like this but nothing is set in stone and I don't want to take off the fact that we have free will and that we decide well and the the videos of yours that I've seen it almost seems like it's uh I'm, I'm only watching on TikTok but it's almost like a brief therapy session with you is what I would almost call it because most of the time you will say something that I'm like oh and it almost prompts um, a self-aware internal look at, oh, wait, what is it I'm wanting or some shadow work? Like, and I don't know that that's your intent, but that's what it always triggers in me is, oh, Vanessa said this. Hmm, I wonder how I feel or how I think, or what am I doing to block what I want in life? And it's, it's seriously almost like therapy. It's exactly my intent. Yeah, that's it. I had, I have several people who, who I read cards to regularly and they say, I come to you because you're quicker than therapy. It's like coaching session, like fast forward. Uh, uh, and it does that sometimes. And that's when I, what I say when I, that's what I mean when I say an eye-opening moment or a mind-blowing moment. That's what I mean. Because all of a sudden you understand something very deep and very important for where you are right now in your life. And when you get that, then you can, the tarot reading has done its work. You just have this special energy about you. Like you can just tell there's a heart of you. That's like a healer woman from the, you know, old, olden days. You would have been the wise woman on my hand. I have a heart on my hand, literally. Oh. Birth of my, I don't know if you can see it's a yes. heart on my hand. Well, I just love <laughs> everything about you. <laughs> and you do have such a sweet, kind, wonderful heart. You you're just a very healing presence. Where can they find you? So they can find me. Um, it's always the same username, Vanessa and her iPhone. I chose that username because 
I chose it for Instagram. It was back in, I don't know when, because my daughters had Instagram. My eldest first and then my second daughter. I have three children. The two daughters are the bigger ones. And they had Instagram and I had to, I wanted to check what they were doing because I did not know what Instagram was. And so I created an account and I said, okay, it's a, it's a platform where you put pictures. What, um, what kind of pictures am I going to put? Only pictures that I take with my iPhone. Okay, perfect. Vanessa and her iPhone. And some people think it's Vanessa and um, her iPhone, like, like a Greek goddess. And it's not that. It's just her iPhone. It's very basic and mundane. And anyway, so that's my handle, my username on Instagram. That's my handle on TikTok. Um, I'm also on Clapper, which is a similar version of, you know, kind same kind of platform as TikTok. But, you know, with the TikTok ban, I thought, let's be safe. Let's go somewhere else as well. And uh, so I'm on Clapper and I have a Patreon, which is also Vanessa and her iPhone. And on Patreon, just um, you can win a tarot deck if you subscribe, whatever subscription you take. You can win a tarot deck every month. I choose randomly amongst the contributors because I've reached a hundred well now a bit more a hundred subscribers over there and um it doesn't matter where you live in the world shipping is on me and then um when I reach 500 you same system with a randomly chosen contributor will win so I'll keep doing the tarot decks but also a randomly chosen contributor will win a private session with me nice so that's that's where I am. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. Instagram, TikTok, Clapper, Patreon. Well, I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate everything that you give us um, through TikTok. You have been an amazing presence in my life. And I just, I, I just have so much love in my heart for you. Oh, thank you so much, Bethany. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. It was an honor to be on your podcast. I'm really happy you've invited me. Really, really happy. Thank you for listening this week. I appreciate each of you so much and I would love to connect with you. So number one, we're doing a free giveaway. If you will review this podcast, screenshot your review and post it on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok and tag me in it, you'll be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. This drawing is good from now until the end of April. So the first week in May, we'll be having the drawing for the $50 Amazon gift card. Again, you can screenshot your review and just post it to social media, tagging me in it. So I can be sure to enter you into the drawing on Instagram. You can find me at the random Yogi podcast on Facebook and TikTok. I'm at the random Yogi. Also, please connect with me on social media because I do go live at least once a week to try to connect with listeners live. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please tell one friend about us. Thank you for joining us this week. Please support the Random Yogi Podcast at patreon.com to get bonus content and merchandise. Please join us again next week. And thank you for listening.